welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name's Dominic Mercurio, and I'm here with Laura Weinbach. What up? And our guest this evening is Emily Jane White. Hi. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you as well. And um, Emily Jane White, if you don't know her, she's an Oakland-based songwriter and musician. Um, She has multiple albums out under her own name, which you should definitely go listen to because they're great. And uh, she's also just a a friend of ours, a friend of ours in the area. Played shows with her, seen shows of her. Too many. What? I said a friend (laughs) of and too many. Many oh, I see. I see. Yes. Like we're not her only friends. You're yeah. clarifying that we're not her only friends. We are not her only okay. friends. <laughs> that's good. To, Wait, that's good for people to are? know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe we. I mean, from my perspective, could be your coolest friends, but we <laughs> could be your favorite friends. Could be your best friends. I mean, you know, if you call me your best Should friend, be your though, that would be friend. like kind of wild, and that would be like very next level for me, anyway. I think. <laughs> but I'd appreciate it. I, you know, I'd accept it. I suppose I would accept. I would be honored. Is Take what I would it to say. the next level. But, you I think we can build to that slowly, ever so slowly. Yeah. Okay. But it's great to have you on. Um, and we're what we're going to be doing here tonight is uh, reviewing the new, or not new actually, it came out last year, a Sof- Sofia Coppola film. What was? What are you <laughs> laughing about? Emily responded in a funny uh, way, okay. and I simply laughed. laughed. Gotcha. All right, I'm into that. Um, Sofia yeah, Coppola's 2017 film, The Beguiled, uh, which stars Colin Farrell. Uh, Nicole Kidman. What's the girl's Kirsten name? Kirsten Dunst. Oh, she's Elle in Fanning. Elle Fanning. That Wait, was the one I was thinking you didn't know of. who Kirsten Dunst was? I didn't realize, actually, oh until just this very moment. I knew Elle Fanning God, was the younger one. Mia, oh, Kirsten Dunst is the, is the older <laughs> older daughter? She's not a daughter. Or, oh, okay. We'll, we'll talk about this. Because right, yeah. it's become a point of interest <laughs> on many fronts. And okay. uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. And we'll talk about that we in the will. second half and of the episode. Shall. Uh, but for now, how you doing, Emily? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm honored to be here. What's yeah. going on in Thank the life? You. Yeah. How's your life? How's EJW. your life been? Well, let's see. EJW. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> EJW. Wait, do people um, call you that ever? Yeah. Is that a thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> now, at what point in your life <laughs> did that begin? People call me EJ Dubs. When really? you, when EJ you Dubs, were... <laughs> do they ever say EJ Dub All-Stars? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've gotten that, but I one time got EJ Dub in the club sipping on bub. Oh, oh that's fun! Yeah. That's fun! I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be in the club sipping on bub. When did yeah. Jane get introduced into the into the fray here? Like when were you when you were like a little girl? Were you Emily Jane White, or <laughs> were you just girl. stepping out onto the scene as like, yo, I'm in kindergarten. My name's Emily Jane White. What's up? <laughs> was that like what was well, going down? It's actually a good question. So. No, I used to go just by Emily White. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> when I started my first band, uh, when I was living in Santa Cruz, going to UC Santa Cruz, I was writing songs. Ghost Lugs. For <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Lugs. <laughs> um, and uh, we had a, our band name was called the Diamond Star Halos. Uh-huh. And Ooh, then like that. after that, that band sort of, DSL. DSL. Ooh, like a camera. We sort of, the band didn't like fall apart dramatically or anything. It's just people went different ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. I had just like this inkling, intuitive inkling to be like, I guess I kind of need to pursue this now as like a solo artist. Yeah, yeah. And I had a very strong feeling about that. And I don't think I was necessarily inspired by any particular person or anything yeah. outside of myself. Like, I just was like, you know, I should just use my entire name. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. You know, and also I think there's another artist, another songwriter, musician out there. Her name is Emily White. Mm. Uh-huh. But I also just felt like it had a very kind of. It's totally know, got a thing. It's, it's got like, a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, it definitely sort of has like a, a ring. It's got a ring. And it is a thing. <laughs> it's got a ring thing. <laughs> it's and it's say. also like, wait, Emily, Emily Jane White. Well, it's three words, like your band name. Yes. You, that is astute. <laughs> <laughs> I am a studious person. What can I say? Um, <laughs> two different words. Um, yeah, I got what you did. <laughs> Thanks for explaining the joke. But, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, no, but it's interesting. <laughs> wait, it was called the. 
Angel Halos? Wait, what was it called? The Diamond Star Halos. Diamond Star Halos. Emily Jane White. Diamond. Oh. Oh, it works. Oh, yeah. That's a mirror. <laughs> the same. That's sort of like a mirror They're in of itself. They're the same name. It's like I see those two words like looking at each other in the mirror and being like, oh. They're like, so that's who you are. Yeah. Oh, that is me. And that is me too. <laughs> and then so it was. Been. And so it was. It ever will be. It's who I've always been. <laughs> it's who I, my, my name is Noel Montoyo. You come my father. prepared to die. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's me. <laughs> Anyways, beyond your distant past, which we have just now relived, uh, you know, what's what's like modern Emily Jane White up to nowadays? Let's see. I just got back from tour. I was on tour for a couple of weeks in Europe mm. and I had released an EP with another artist by the name of House of Wolves. Mm. So we toured together. Uh, we did a bunch of shows in France and a couple in Belgium and one in the Netherlands. And I just got back April 9th. Nice. And yeah, that was really fun. That was cool. It was cool to work on a project that was not an entire album and not solely focused on me and my songwriting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The way the show went generally was that Ray would play for 30 minutes and then he's the guy, Ray Villalobos, he's the guy in House of Wolves. Mm -hmm. Oh, Villalobos. Villalobos from LA. Um, Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> Laura's like looking around in a sort of state from of confusion as, as if she he's knows from this LA? person yeah, he's ever. from LA? Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> now you do. No, Vila Lobos is la vida loca. a guitar player. Oh. oh, are you thinking of the Hector, Hector Villa Lobos? so. Yeah, the composer? <laughs> Wait. I don't know. We have to mind. look this up. Oh god. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. You know, um, we'll we'll get the facts straight. No, Villa Lobos, isn't he like a famous classical guitar player? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think he's a classical composer. Oh. I think he does other stuff too. Okay. But, uh, we, we I might not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think both of us. I don't think have our facts straight here. But it's fine. Um, I never do. That's good. Um, yeah. I mean, that's part. That's, 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 that's part for the course. You know, po- that's this is just the like post fact era. Yeah, it so. definitely <laughs> is. You know what? It really is. It really is. It is. You now, really touched it on that. You put the. 2017, the, the beginning of that. such an era when Donald Trump got elected. What? Oh, so, oh, I see. Oh, Post yeah. fact era. Yeah. Right, I see. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, That's fine. <laughs> it's alternate. It's alternate facts. <laughs> right, so what lies have you told recently? <laughs> well, or this, alternate this facts. whole tour, and it actually never Oh, is that, you, you never did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> The people who were there were like, what do you mean? <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> Like, no, in America, didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> the post-fact era, I think, is specific to the USA, I would say, currently. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is kind of like a LA mirage, you know? Yeah, you yeah. see it, now you don't. A mirage. Exactly. That was a, you know, I won't, I probably shouldn't tell this to people on public, but <laughs> a Mitsubishi Mirage was the what? car I lost my virginity in. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That is a great Oh, my God. Oh, I love <laughs> It's, it's a great lie. Oh, was that a lie or a truth? You Ooh. never might know. Two truths and a you lie. Now that's a fun game. It could be. No. Uh. <laughs> Mirage. <laughs> a Mitsubishi, a red Mitsubishi Mirage. No joke. Oh, or am I? Or is it a might joke? Not know. Mm. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> but it was. Special. Wow! Wait, it was you lost your virginity th- in a car? A rental car, nonetheless. Oh my god! Wait, were you only like on a romantic getaway? To a degree. <laughs> to a degree, like <laughs> two miles north of your house, or uh, what? More than two miles north, <laughs> but like not that much further north. <laughs> it was north, though. Oh <laughs> my god. Right was this like to sneak off? Now th- I'm sorry. The whole interview has turned to Laura's Laura's She brought up the Mitsubishi here. Mirage. I couldn't stop. Right, and not right. Say anything. It just, now was it because you were trying to like get away from the parentals of some kind, or the parental <laughs> well, units of to the? To a degree, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I okay. mean, in a sense, sure. Because for me, I just always I was trying to get away from the parentals. Yeah, I'll just if you want to like a very you know bullet point list of what yeah, happened. Just give me the skim the skim milk version. All right, the guy who I was like obsessed with utterly obsessed with went between my 16th and oh, 19th oh, years between someone else. Oh. or 16th and 20th years i was obsessed with someone that is a long time it was long <laughs> it was a long time look i saw the guy the first time i saw him i was like oh my god he's Wait, special did you put a spell on him oh maybe oh my god <laughs> Actually, it's possible, but it all ended in shambles. Like, I basically, uh, yeah, I was obsessed with this person. He was kind of, like, in the same circle of friends that I was with. And then it was, like, 
two to three years of me really pursuing him and like stalking him in a way. I mm. mean, not stalking him. I mean, I would just like kind of follow him after school and like see where he went and just mm-hmm. like watch him run around the track a couple times. And okay. Oh, yeah. He didn't know I was watching no. him. But then one day he pointed out that he was aware like that shirtless? I was watching was he, him. Was he shirtless? I just need to know if he was shirtless. At one point, yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Continue for And eventually I he just gave in (laughs) 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 or like he thought he realized that i was cool and he was like that was definitely the right romantic word to use i realized that you've been watching me for two years (laughs) well no he (laughs) i mean fine (laughs) what what do you want before he gave in i think what the breaking point was was i went to his house knocked on the door and i was like this was unexpected i did not normally do such a thing he lived very (laughs) far away from me too i drove to his house in my red ford festiva at the time Uh, first car I ever owned and I it had a white stripe I drove to his house (laughs) knocked on the door and uh, he comes to the door and he goes hey what are you doing here and I'm like hi (laughs) (laughs) wow this is so romantic it was like a cringeworthy episode of 90210 or something like I really was just standing there like I don't know why I'm here I just really think I needed to see you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he comes outside and we sit down and we like talk for a really long time like hours mm-hmm. and then i don't know what happened it was like we suddenly it, and you were like a let's light go down to the hertz car yeah <laughs> we got a red we got a red a red what was it a red mitsubishi hertz huh is that what you really think i would have done <laughs> you're like, why don't i seem like an enterprise down hertz. to the hertz <laughs> <laughs> In my with oh. a stripe with a stripe by the way I don't know. Okay. here. Uh, basically, we hung out at that point. We started hanging out like every day for a month. And then he became my boyfriend. And then uh-huh. my mom had to get a rental car <laughs> <laughs> one day. And I liked the rental car very much. It yeah, smelled good inside. It was oh. new. It was oh, much better than the Ford Festiva. Let me so tell it was you an aphrodisiac, you'll she say. She let me borrow her car one night. I have the rental. The it's in good condition. There's no fear of it breaking down in between my house and his house like there was with the Ford Festiva. And um, <laughs> which really did not end well for that car. But anyway, mm-hmm. I got to his house, picked him up. Both of us still virgins at the time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and we decide long, to drive this in the rental juicy, in the Mitsubishi Mirage to the Angeles Crest National Forest. Wow. And lo and behold. Wow. I was there wearing was. a fairly <laughs> tight tie-dye shirt at the time. Wow, sick. That's really... That's this really... was my hippie you, phase, by the way. I was, went through that. You wore a tie-dye shirt? I did. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm shocked. Do you, you know about Jenko phase? You if you pictures? weren't shocked, I would be shocked. <laughs> like, I would be maybe offended if you wouldn't have been shocked. Because then I would think, why do I seem like a tie-dye shirt wearing really type now? I think you should make that your Facebook profile. Picture. A tie-dye? No. but anyway yeah so and basically we were just like should we do this oh and i was like yes we should (laughs) and by the way i was like i've been waiting for four years pretty much yeah well maybe three but uh it's a shame this is all getting cut but what are you gonna do oh Um, (laughs) laura this is the juicy details i I know but i just how are you gonna cut it well anyway we'll talk but um But yeah, we totally did do it. <laughs> and it was kind of awesome. And then at the end of it, he goes, oh, thank God I'm not gay. What? <laughs> Are you serious? He's like, I thought maybe I was gay, but now I know I'm not. What the hell? That is a bizarre turn of events just then, yeah, right there and then. That's what he said. And how did you feel after he said that? I was like, oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're not gay, too. (laughs) And then... um, Well, to speak from the belly of the beast, that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that he was just like... Trust me. (laughs) Very open mind. Like, I think that he just was totally open to the possibility that he could be anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he was Mm -hmm. just... Because he hadn't ever had sex up to that point. And he was four years older than me. And I think that he was just kind of like you know, not sure about what he was or who he was or whatever. And like, anyway, so that happened. And then <laughs> I remember going home with the damn tie-dye shirt on and looking at myself in the mirror thinking, I have a glow. <laughs> I'm a woman now. I have a glow. I am, 
and you and you ditched the tie dye shirt <laughs> and from there I on was out. Like, no, I mean, there's this sort of turning it. point. I feel. Oh, okay. So okay. When, but you wore it after. I that might wasn't have worn a it a couple times afterwards. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. No, that was definitely a dark time for me in terms of outfits that I owned. <laughs> <laughs> like Hot Topic? Mm, no, that was like two years before that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to Hot Topic? Oh, I just a, a few times, but I never mm. actually have bought anything at Hot Topic. I don't feel like I really bought anything there either, but I would like go in there and check stuff out. <laughs> you mentioned spells. Uh, do you uh, participate in the witchcraft magicry? In the white arts? In the white, in the in the white, white arts. arts. White magic. Mm, you know, <clears throat> I consider myself to be a, like a spiritual person, uh-huh, I guess. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I don't necessarily prescribe to any kind of faith practice or the occult or anything like that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i've used like prayer and things like that yeah before yeah. but you know i don't when i was in middle school uh-huh. and even my freshman year of high school i bought the egyptian book of the dead and i also had i would practice like some white magic with a friend what cool. is so we wait, would like oh, burn how do you define we would, that well we would just we would look up like pagan holidays and things like that mm-hmm. wait did you say the egyptian book of the dead yeah oh and that's pagan no okay i was like <laughs> definitely <"What?"> not <laughs> no but i was intrigued by you know other oh other religions other, other religions and that weren't christianity basically yeah, yeah, totally. and i mean did you grow up uh, no okay. i never did actually I, I had gone a handful of times to church like the baptist church in fort bragg where mm-hmm. i grew up with my neighbor and i at some point totally realized how oppressive it was and mm-hmm. how patriarchal it was and mm-hmm. i was completely turned off like initially i was kind of like wow this is cool there's all these like rituals and there's yeah like a, there's like a pool like in the bottom of the church that there was they have well it's a baptist church so oh, like, oh, by baptizing baptize people. Oh my and, god, I never have seen that before. And I also kind of like the community aspect mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And I was so young. I mean, I had mm-hmm. to have been like seven years old or something. Mm-hmm. And then I, I clearly remember being in the Bible study class <laughs> and then going. I, I think they were going around the table. There were a bunch of children sitting at the table, and they were talking about. Um, what happens when we die? Yeah, and I was like, I think that we're re- reincarnated. Oh, and the I woman was like just that. like, We don't believe that here. And so I was oh like, Oh my god, screw this! I'm out of yeah. here. Wow, how so, old were? And you were like seven at the time. <clears throat> yeah, like seven or eight. And that's when you realized that it was like very, sort of, like rigid. Rigid. <laughs> yeah, I, f- or, I, I, I could sort of sense mm-hmm. you know read between the lines that there was oppressive stuff happening there wow but my parents were both i mean my dad is like a recovering catholic basically <laughs> he was like raised catholic and mm-hmm. had a horrible experience and then my mom didn't have a whole lot of religion in her life and yeah my parents are really liberal and so mm-hmm. i don't i think i had a lot of their influence on me and right. so i was able to kind of see see through that but i mean in terms of actually like practicing spells and things mm-hmm. like that no i've never done that but i mean you know like i oh, said when i was younger i would like i would like like with this particular friend her yeah. name is caitlin berrigan she's also mm-hmm. an, an artist oh cool um and we, we would look up particular holidays like pagan holidays and i remember one time one's coming like, up like there's a pagan holiday something it was something around the solstice where you had mm-hmm. to like smoke i don't know if it was pagan i don't know i don't quite remember it was but like we w- we ended up smoking chamomile tea <laughs> oh nice <laughs> dang <I> like, <laughs> oh my god are you stoked that you got to smoke high something? as fuck on chamomile <laughs> i think we were just like this is so spiritual <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it would make you call, I can assume. But we were like all into the goddess and we were like listening to Fleetwood Mac and like, you know. How old were you during this time? That would have been eighth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was like seventh, eighth eighth grade. But, you know, I grew up in a rural area where Mm. there's a lot of kind of, you know, more of that Northern California earthy culture chamomile smoking type of scene (laughs) (laughs) i mean we weren't hippies we were definitely like intrigued by magic yeah and when Um, you said white magic does that just refer to like something that is a healing spell or something it's like hardly anything but i think white magic just refers to more like 
magic that is intended for the sake of good thing, like things that are not ill-intentioned mm-hmm. or dark intention, dark. Um, yeah. Right. Really quick, Dominic, anything to report on your end? No, I think we should talk about this movie. All right. <laughs> the Beguiled, 2017, Sofia Coppola, film, starring all the people I've already mentioned that I'm not going to try and go through again because I'll probably forget one. Now, at first we will talk spoiler-free. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen this film, you can keep on listening. We'll give you our uh, impressions. Uh, and at a certain point, I'll make it clear that we're going to be talking spoilers. So if you have not seen the film and you care about spoilers, that would be the time to tune out. But um, yeah, The Beguiled, do you want to... what? Oh, say what? Do you want to summarize the, the synopsis, give oh, a brief sure. synopsis of, of what this film is about? Yeah, it's a... A drama about a... A period piece drama. A period piece drama. Um, Twice in a row. A stylized period piece drama um, uh, about a schoolhouse, an all-girls schoolhouse, and the girls that live there, and um, who basically come across a soldier who's injured in the woods, and one of the girls takes him in, and then, you know... The rest is to be determined. <laughs> to be but, yeah. exactly, yeah. Just an isolated group of girls, group of all girls at a, in a school mm-hmm. in the South, and in Virginia. The adventures that ensue 18, from their finding was it like eighteen sixty Civil War. <clears throat> okay, yeah. <laughs> the adventures that ensue from their their findings of this um, injured man in the woods, mm-hmm. and he's like the first man they seem to have in contact. Well, that's never mind. <laughs> Emily, uh, no, I think that's fine <laughs> to say. I mean, yeah, I think that's established pretty quickly. Uh, Emily, what did you think uh, from a non-spoiler sense of uh, what did you think of this film, The Beguiled? Let's see. Well, there's way too much product placement in the <laughs> sense that her little champagne cans were everywhere, you know? <laughs> what? Sophia Coppola. Oh, I see. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. I've had the wine. Have you had the- I didn't know she had champagne cans. Yes. No shit. <laughs> I've had the Coppola <laughs> wine. The wine is uh, I'm just rather kidding. good. It's not a spoiler. Good. I think it's a red wine. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, I've you wanted co- to try the Coppola wine, but Coppola I never tried it. It's good. It. Really? It's actually pretty good, yeah. I bet it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what hand she has in it. Probably none. <laughs> she might have a hand. Well, perhaps, but she's busy making some movies and shit. Might you know? um. <laughs> she might put her foot in that shit, yeah. No, but what, so what did I think? Of yeah, it? yeah. Yes. What did you think of <laughs> initial reaction? Well, uh, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and I feel like it's one of those things where I could watch it again, mm-hmm. and I could probably, you know, distill down even further some of the themes, mm-hmm. the motifs, and and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> it also would have been interesting to have seen the original. Right, mm-hmm. to have read the book and also seen the original depiction of the film. But Sofia Coppola wrote the screenplay. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. And so. I think, you know, it, it's based on a book. Yeah. Uh, and another film has just been based on the same book. So, yes. like, I, I do think it's like kind of their own different takes right. on it. It's I don't mm-hmm. think they're like a direct remake of the film. Or no, I don't think she was remaking. Yeah. I think she was inspired by the book. Because mm-hmm. I think I saw somewhere that she had been reading the book. And then that was when she knew she was going to do this movie. I mean... But I could be wrong. To be honest, I also... <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Honesty is Post-fact the... world. To be honest. Yeah. Um, TBH. <laughs> to be alternative Well, fact. no, it's interesting because um, Nicole Kidman and that other actor, what's his name? Colin Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell are both in Killing of Sacred it's Deer. It's so true. Wait, yeah. is it Colin and Farrell or Colin... <clears throat> oh, yeah. Colin yeah. Farrell. Not yeah, Colin Farrell. Okay, yeah. And... and Colin Farrell. No, I was going <laughs> to say Colin Farrell. And like... Oh. The the discrepancy in intensity in those films mm-hmm. is, it's different. Yeah. Right? It's different. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, divulge no, no, I think that's too much. To say. But in a way, I was kind of like, I don't know, missing. I was, there mm. was a little bit of a lack of something mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, it's totally fair. Um, like a lack of, like, energy or kind of connection, would you say? A lack of suspense. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. In a way, I didn't really feel a tremendous amount of suspense. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Even though it has sort of like a, you know, somewhat of an eerie feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't. I mean, that doesn't m- make it a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> Laura, cool. what did you think? Uh, well, okay, I'll go first if you want. But 
I was gonna. Okay, sure. Um, I like. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm asking you. <laughs> no, I mean I was because this is the second time I've seen this movie. Yeah, so but I first time we're talking you. about it. Sure. Um, I like this movie. I think it's really cool. I like that it's, um, got that intangible feeling, that eerie feeling, mm-hmm. and it really reminds me of Picnic at Hanging Rock in that way. And it really seems like very much inspired by that movie too. Like mm-hmm. just in terms of the way. It was shot and the kind of like pacing of it and the editing in a lot of ways really reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. But um, and I while I agree that there wasn't there was and I'm not sure if this was intentional or not, but there was kind of like a low level of suspense yeah. <coughs> versus like a high level, like which it could have been. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm kind of OK with that because I think that it was really not about that. But we'll talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. But like I just. I just absolutely adore the cinematography in this movie. I mean, there's so many beautiful cutaway shots that are just, I just love them. Mm -hmm. I love the lighting and I love, yeah, the pacing of this movie. And, um, well, I I don't like, I don't love this movie as much as like a picnic at hanging rock, for example. I did do enjoy it. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I think that, uh, yeah, it's cool. There's, there's like a lot of, stuff to you know think about and and kind of um draw from mm-hmm. and create ideas from so yeah i liked it what did you think dominic i liked <laughs> it as well uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah there's a lot that i liked about the movie um and then some things i didn't like mm-hmm. uh but definitely the cinematography is beautiful i mean it's mm-hmm. a, it's a gorgeous film to watch um yeah i agree with that. i thought that the acting was pretty good too from all the main players uh i totally agree with you this film had echoes uh, emily i'm, I'm mm-hmm. talking to uh um this film had echoes of other 2017 films uh all throughout and it was pretty bizarre how closely it hewed to like themes that were going on in other films and it's it's mm-hmm. it's almost like was this just in the air when all these people were writing these films you know like it's yeah kind of a bizarre happenstance and directly so uh with um killing of sacred deer as mm-hmm. far as like both the main characters of the <laughs> are the same actors or whatever um oh and, and the phantom thread I and the phantom thread as well which right. we'll get to later yeah. but Definitely. but it had some deep themes with some other films um but yeah, um, it's a very quiet film and methodically paced. Uh, and, you know, uh, I was just sort of like, what's the point of it all for a vast majority of the film, I'll say. Um, and I wasn't like super engaged. So the thing is, is like, I do like this movie, but, um, you know... <laughs> it's hard to talk in a non-spoiler sense, I guess, right. basically, but I, I don't know. Ultimately, I guess I'm like forming my opinion right now because mm-hmm. while I was watching it, I was like, okay, this is fine. It's mm-hmm. like beautiful to watch. It's kind of a whatever. And now holistically looking back at the whole thing, I do think that there's some merit to everything, but uh, yeah, I still don't think I love it, but I liked it more come the end of the film basically mm-hmm. looking back um uh I'll yeah agree with you there yeah like there was something that wasn't so exciting like it, it was like there was a, some th- somehow there was some kind of lack of like full-on there was lack of propulsion i mean yeah they're just um, taking care of this guy engagement there's like a macro way you can look at the film too i think oh, in, yeah in a difficult too difficult to know. Yeah. Uh, so again, we, we're spoilers? really we're really skirting around some spoilers here if you can't yeah. tell. Um skirting so, around. So you know if you haven't if you haven't seen this film, um, you know, perhaps there is more than we're mentioning and perhaps it would be your thing, but we just can't say whether it would or not. I mean, it's definitely know? worth seeing. Yeah, I think it's worth seeing. Yeah. Go see the movie. Go see it, you know? Well we also I mean another thing is that it's an interest it's an interesting narrative. It has some dark mm-hmm. elements, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. not going to hit you over the head. You're mm-hmm. not going to be like floored mm-hmm. leaving the theater mm-hmm. just being like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. that was like mm-hmm. that was dark and totally mm-hmm. I need a week to digest that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Killing yeah. of a Sacred Deer was no, for yeah. me. Killing oh, of a Sacred really? Deer is was, oh, that's totally. a heavy film for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like thinking about that movie weeks later. I loved it. Yeah. That movie was one of my favorites of last that year. That was one of my that was in my top three favorite movies from last year, but. 
Yeah, no, I, yeah. This movie is a little bit more like meditative and kind of, yeah. Well, historical. I mean, so, it's yeah. just a different pa- I mean it's just a totally different kind of thing I think the comparison we're really just drawing it because Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman are in it but it is like there is a sort well, no, of no there's definitely uh, yeah thematic elements mm-hmm. yeah. that are like let's get into spoilers um, yeah. so if you haven't seen The Beguiled uh, now be the time to tune out but you know thanks for listening look up Emily Jane White she's got some great music that we're going to play at the end of the podcast so maybe just skip ahead to that right? part anyways yeah. spoilers now I feel like there's a lot to talk about because yeah. I do feel like obviously the last act of this film really uh, puts the whole thing into perspective in a way. It, it, to me, the plot, the 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 pacing of the plot of this film is very intentional to sort of like lull you into a sense of like security in a way, or just sort of like okay, this is just gonna be a very quiet Coppola film of uh, you know these <laughs> women on this uh, house and blah blah blah. Their lives go on, and he's going to leave and enter and whatever. Can I cut in super yeah. quick? Anton point. We can cut this part, but Anton pointed something out to me when we were listening to the last episode, which I think we should definitely do when we get into spoilers. I think we should give a brief summary of what happens before we talk about our analysis because. If somebody was listening to this, like they would have no idea what we're talking about, even if they'd seen sure. the movie. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. It's okay. It's true. Like, because I'll be listening to it, being like, "Wait, what are like, what are they talking about?" You know what I mean? Or what are we talking about right then? So sure. just to, all right. So before we like explain our feelings on the plot, we're just gonna give a brief summary, which is that, um, one of the the students at the all girls school comes across Colin Farrell. Colin Fer- wait, Farrell, Farrell. <laughs> comes across co- across an injured Colin Farrell who was a soldier uh, from the north of the Civil War. Oh, I don't know if we need to. T- t- anyway, can, can we can we just say the plot that we're like currently talking yeah, about? Because yeah. what I'm currently talking about is the fact that no, I know it gets violent. It gets and- violent. Basically, like everything seems fine. They're taking care of him, and then eventually he hooks up with one of the girls in the school, but he also was kind of hitting on all the girls in the school mm-hmm. and making every one of them feel special in their own way. And then he ex- ends up hooking up with one of them. Jealousy ensues. And then Kirsten Dunst's character pushes him down a flight of stairs. And after he had already practically completely healed from his wounds, he gets another major injury and she, they have to cut his leg off while he's unconscious. Well, they have to. Nicole Kidman. Yeah or she thinks she has to cut off his leg and then he's you know a complete like he's a lifelong cripple now he's devastated and he's really angry and like a lot more like violence ensues and he finds a gun and then he threatens them with the gun and so the girls have to figure out a way or Nicole Kidman comes up with a plan along with one of her students who suggests that they come up with a plan to kill him by poisoning him with these mushrooms that they found in the forest. And just when he thinks everything is back to normal and fine and they're going to be like subservient to him again, they poison him with the mushrooms and the film ends with Nicole Kidman saying, we're safe. <laughs> oh, and then there the last shot is them carrying his dead body out in a body bag and putting his body um, in the front of the gate of their house. And they're rid of him. And they're almost all wearing white except Kirsten Dunst. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought that essentially, you know, it had some gothic themes. Like they never leave the property, really. Mm -hmm. Except for in the very beginning when she finds him in the woods. Mm -hmm. But I think that's even even on on their property. property. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although you haven't seen the house yet. Actually, is it on the property? I don't know. I don't know. It's nearby. But yeah. Yeah. so, you know, they're kind of trapped there because of the war that's going on and there's yeah. all this chaos happening outside and um, they're sort of contained and uh, in a way kind of held captive culturally mm-hmm. oh, yeah. in the sense that the t- women's roles during the time. Exactly. You know, they're confined. Tightly bound, confined. Exactly. And also, also because of the war, they didn't have a lot of men around and her husband, and Nicole Kidman's husband had died, mm-hmm. right, in the... Uh, actually, I don't know he, how he, Nicole Kidman's husband died. But I, he died, right? That. He was no longer around anymore. Because she kept saying, like, when I first moved here, we had these giant balls. and mm. Yes, mm-hmm. right. right? Yeah. And so, um, so, like, times have changed. But, at the, and at the same time, like, what gets really heightened in the film is 
sexuality, like mm-hmm. female right. sexuality. And and you could do kind of a simplistic thing of being like, oh, well, they don't have, you know, a lot of access to guys, mm-hmm. you know, or they all seem to be really intrigued by the one guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, But also maybe they're they're in they're in a space where they're that's mostly all women mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so their sexuality and like the way that they're expressing their sexuality there's a big focus on that mm-hmm. um and you know it's unfortunate that the expression of sexuality or the expression of desire is also coupled with some sort of like not getting what you want means <laughs> that then you you like have to punish the guy for not giving it to you mm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i feel like maybe that's a little unfortunate in the mm. narrative like that the female sexuality that it is expressed is a extremely repressed and b kind of when when extreme. Nicole Kidman extreme like when Nicole Kidman Irrational. supposedly doesn't get what she wants. I mean, we never really know if that's why y- yeah. she amputated his leg. Right? Yeah, we just don't really know. I mean, you, you can read into it multiple different and ways. He right? says right. that twice, right, in the film. Mm-hmm. He, he insinuates he he definitely believes that she cut off his leg because she wanted she, to keep him around. Yeah. I personally didn't really interpret it like that. Like, I think I, there's more to it than that because well, yeah. she says it outright, or but he says it. Remember outright. in the beginning, she's the first one who really has contact with him, and she's like bathing him and like. Well, and that was a very sexual kind of like thing going on. Yeah, and then she decides to keep him at the place, mm-hmm. right? Because she could have just been like, "You need to go with the other soldiers," and all the girls were going, "Oh, she didn't tell him about." Uh, she didn't tell the, the soldiers who were passing by right. about the colonel. Right. 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 So I do think that she like wanted him in a sense. Oh, but, definitely. Um, no question. But I think I that's clear. Yeah, I just didn't necessarily think that she was cutting off his leg as a sort of punishment for like being with another girl in the house. Because does she necessarily know that at that point? I thought that she doesn't really know that. Uh, I'm sure she suspects it. Well, she might have suspected it, but she just saw his his body at the bottom of the stairs and you know was like we got to get him on the table or whatever at that point she didn't know why he had fallen down the stairs but it's and also the girl that like, he was having sex with made a big drama yeah, she made a big drama she was like it. he came in and tried to attack me or whatever but yeah. she, but she was just lying or whatever but as far as nicole kidman goes i mean yeah i don't know i mean i think they all know what each other's up to like it's pretty obvious like they're all pretty in tune with each other mm-hmm. they live together they're sure. like bound to each other and yeah there's an unspoken jealousy happening on every corner you know i mean there's an unspoken competition going on between Mm -hmm. all of them so i think i think that nicole kidman definitely knew but she could have just been trying to save his life even if she did still want him like maybe in a sense she was saving him because she wanted him (laughs) you know right i yeah i mean maybe she truly did think that he was going to lose uh, too much blood for and you know, she doesn't know how to fix a wound that crazy. I mean, you know. Yeah. What about that this was a way, this was one way that Southern women were fighting the North or like fighting, an, you know, a Yankee. Mm. Mm. That's a thought. You know what I mean? Like by, like he entered into their domestic space, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And this was like, the way that they were fighting. Well, it's like this is their terror. This is like their terrain. This Even is though where they, they have control. They kept this kind of neutral, like Christian vibe the whole time that they were, you know, benevolent and mm-hmm. that they were going to help him out and then they were going to set him free to go do his own thing or whatever. The whole time they're, they're in control of everything. And in a way, maybe they grow to embody that power over him a little oh, bit yeah. more throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. Totally. Um, I thought... Until the bitter end. (laughs) When I first watched this movie, my analysis of it was like that it was definitely a commentary on kind of like the role of women at the time or kind of the state of women at the time. Of white women in the South. Yeah. Yeah. And well, probably in a lot of other places too, like that... Women were very tightly bound, very repressed, mm-hmm. and both sexually and in other ways, politically, and like that. Basically, um, this was all of their like the man coming into their their terrain 
was representative of like adventure and excitement and danger and all these things that in any other sense, like they would be sort of forbidden to engage with because like if in the very beginning, like Nicole Kidman is, you know, she's teaching them that she's teaching them the proper ways of being a lady of society and kind of how to operate in that, in that way. And, and in a way that she says something like, if you follow these rules that I'm telling you and you take what I'm teaching you here and you utilize these methods, then hopefully your life will be very simple and easy and <laughs> you will never have to deal with the troubles of the outside world. And so they're living in this like kind of this very closed bubble, like you said. And, um, and yet they probably do desire like this adventure in some way and they obviously have sexual desires and so he comes in and he creates that for them and then but they're also like afraid of it because they've been taught their whole lives that you know adventure basically is wrong or whatever and so and he's also from the north and he's from the north so yeah yeah, there's that major element but like what was interesting i thought was how at the end all of them except for kirsten dunst participate in his murder all of the girls consent to murdering him except for Kirsten Dunst and I think it's because Kirsten Dunst's character is the only one who's willing to strip herself of that repression and like embrace the danger of the outside world basically Mm -hmm. whereas like Nicole Kidman's character is like too old she's already like lost and not lost but it's like old dog new tricks type type of thing it's Mm -hmm. like she toyed with it for a second and then realized like this is dangerous we need to rid ourselves of it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. she's like too far gone into her repressive state to be able to like open up and the other young girls are like basically her you know her pupils and they can they don't they're not old enough to like even think for themselves so they're like the minute this danger reveals itself to them they they're closed off well they act more on instinct for sure yeah, but the, I think it was like instilled instincts, you know, mm-hmm. like by or not even inst. Well, that's the opposite of instinct, but they're acting on, I think, what they've been t- taught to do. And then there's like the very like sexual L. Fanning one who I feel like she has mixed thoughts, but she's basically she's she's just like given into the repressive state rather than opening up. It's like she was willing to go there in secret in a way, but like she wasn't willing to go there, not in secret. The only one who was willing to go there was um, Kirsten, Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. And I guess that was like, they're all kind of basically, they all represent like different aspects of the woman's character, mm-hmm. a woman's character and how she would have possibly reacted in this time, mm-hmm. this time frame, And, uh, I don't know. So I just felt like it was kind of a big, I don't know, maybe that was one of the themes that was going through. It was just like, you know, how repression can unveil itself or, or, or uh, affect people and their decisions and, or mainly women in this, in this particular situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, I also really liked the uh, sound and music or lack thereof, but like, there was um, not a lot of music. Yeah. Almost no music, but sound design though, but I really liked in the opening scene and then you hear it a little bit throughout the film as well is you just hear like the distant sound of like gunshots or whatever, or or like, you know, or you, you mm-hmm. hear those like distant, I guess maybe bombs going off, or you, you're, you're hearing the war out there in the world or whatever. Yeah. And in the beginning, uh, at first, I was like, "Is that war sound, or is that just like a soundtrack kind of thing, like this deep, deep like you know, hitting of a drum or something like that?" Uh, and I thought it was kind of it was vague as to what exactly it was until they started showing like you know you're seeing the smoke come up from behind the trees or whatever and you're mm-hmm. like oh i see it's like <laughs> yeah this shit's going on around him but it, they kept like bringing that back at these kind of more intense moments or or um moments of like suspense or mm-hmm. whatever uh and when they introduced that it was great it was like using it was like the theme of the movie in a way <laughs> it like mm-hmm. became this way that it was cluing us in that like danger is still you know Present. just yeah it's just just beyond the gates or whatever like it's it's still there even right. if you're kind of getting lulled in this sense of like oh they're just living their lives and you know it's all fine or <laughs> whatever uh like that stranger or you know when someone knocks on their door or whatever that was definitely a moment for me where i was like 
oh shit, you know, uh, they all just recoil in fear just from the, the knocking, like knocking on the door, you know? And, uh, I also just like the lack of music too Mm -hmm. beyond that. Um, or the lack of even too much sound design. It was very minimalistic and I thought it was really effective. Um, the low drone. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. When they did implement these little things, it really stood out as impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, did you love that one awesome shot? Like right after Colin Farrell eats the mushrooms and he's like choking. And it's just like a shot that's um, it's a wide of you see Nicole Kidman at the opposite end of the table. Oh, that was just great. sitting there like dead. dead yeah, that was creepy. Like, that was awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. Oh, all shot. of them. Well, all, all of them are just like looking. I mean, Nicole, Nicole Kidman looks at the, the head of the table. Yeah. So she's just like, you know, watching Center, with, yeah. you know, wide eyed. And that was a little strange to me how quick the mushroom like kills him just so instantly, it seemed. Mm, it didn't seem weird to me. I mean, I don't know too much about mushrooms but i'm basically just basing it off of phantom thread (laughs) and in phantom thread it took like hours and hours or whatever and they didn't really know why he like there was no like direct correlation or whatever obviously we know as the audience but like like another film i mean you have to digest it right i mean you'd have to digest the fucking mushrooms gotta take take like like, a few (laughs) hours yeah maybe you can't digest it that's why you die yeah i mean maybe it depends on the mushroom if nick were here oh yeah he would know (laughs) um well, it's interesting. So there's also that movie Mother. Yeah, came out last year. I know it also yeah. reminded me of that. And also, don't leave the house. They don't. never leave the house. They never leave the house. Or the she doesn't. No, yeah. I mean, it's complete gothic horror. Yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and she's drinking like laudanum, basically, which is like a reference to the yellow wallpaper. Ah, yeah. I was wondering and about that. Oh, the powder, the yellow powder she drinks in Mother. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, okay. and so the yellow. Yeah, they were. G- it was given to like Victorian women for emotional and like you know distress and anxiety and huh. hysteria oh, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, and then what other? I feel like then there was Killing of a Sacred Deer. There's just a lot of movies that were like super intense. Yeah. You know, so this movie was like, if I had seen this movie first before <laughs> I had seen those films from last year, uh, I probably would have been like, wow. More effective. I think I may have been more effective. I think it came out before all those films, too. It came out, I think it was like an early summer release, I want to say. Oh, okay. uh, And I just totally missed it. I actually really wanted to see this movie yeah. just because it seemed intriguing and they definitely like hinted at some darkness in the trailer. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, look, I'm sold. It's crazy how other movies can do that to a movie or a piece of artwork. It's like... You think you're doing something really cool that no one's ever seen, or something, <laughs> and then, it and comes then another around. band or another movie comes out that does something like what you're doing, but like ten times more intense or like more crazy, and then it kind of just like overshadows. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, it's just, it's just very unfortunate that it all came out in the same year. Right. Too, is is, is yeah. more importantly like what's going on here i mean it it really is bizarre that there's like these common themes of 2017 <laughs> films like yeah it's interesting but phantom thread i felt like fit into that in a way mm-hmm. but i also felt as though it was about her that the female character in that film i felt stood out yeah as uh, like she didn't necessarily in a good way or in- a bad way no, no, she she, she was a complex repressed. character. Oh, okay, very okay. complex. She yeah. was like also kind of uh, numb in mm-hmm. a way. Like she could kind of weather, she could weather that relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which well, she was, was really intense. You know, she was in control of that one, though. I think you know. Yeah, like I think that she really carried the control in that relationship. Emily, thanks for being on this episode. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great having you. Um, We're going to play a song of Emily's uh, called The Black Dove. And it's from uh, your most recent album, uh, They Moved in Shadow Altogether, uh, which came out a couple (laughs) years ago. ago. You should definitely look into that. Get it. It's great. Yeah. um, Highly recommend. Me too. Uh, But yeah, thanks for being on this episode. Um, Appreciate it. Thanks. And we'd love to have you back sometime. Yeah. We've, we've got a list of yes, other movies have. that we could dive into. Oh, great. Perfect. We'll probably do an episode on Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> What's your quick review of Outlander, both of you? Uh, visual, sexual, and fantastical feat. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it depends know. on the season, but yeah. Depends on the season Agreed. and depends on the time that they're in. <laughs> you know what we're talking about if you've seen the show. But it's uh-huh. pretty fun. 
great. Yeah. It's definitely a fun, like, you know, binge binge watch. Sick. So get into that. Yeah. This has been Totally Tell Me. We post new episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like it, share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a rating on iTunes. Our intro music is by Lauren Anton, and this is The Black Dove by Emily Jane White. Oh